Ain't No Fang podcast. From Arizona Sports, Ain't No Fang. The lockout is over. No, it's not. It's definitely not. It's not going to be not o- funny. No, it's not going to be over for a long time. And they haven't even started talking to each other yet. I it's don't, only just begun. I don't know when to expect the lockout to be over, but we are still talking baseball on the Ain't No Fang podcast. I'm Steve Zinsmeister. It's Cody Fincher that you hear next to me. When is the first scheduled spring training game? Because it'll probably end the day before that. You know, that's the thing that ticks me off the most about the lockout. Aside from the fact that they haven't spoken to each other yet, which it, get on that, <laughs> you might want to <laughs> seem kind of obvious to say that, but <laughs> I don't know. The thing that ticks me off is that you know, especially here in Arizona and also in Florida, you have so much local economic business yeah. that rides on spring training, and I know that that doesn't apply to very many places. It applies to the Valley, and it applies to Florida, mm-hmm. but. Consider the fact that if this negotiation for the lockout goes all the way up until spring training, that's a lot of teams and a lot of organizations that have to hire people without knowing that spring training is even going to start. I know. I mean, let's say spring training starts on, uh, pick a day, March, like end of March. Well, it's it's actually, I think, like the last week of February. Or beginning of March. Okay, beginning beginning of of March. Okay, beginning of March, end of February. Let's let's say February, uh, make up a day. Is it a leap year? <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, is 29, 29th, 29th not a thing, right? <laughs> 28th. Uh, February 28th. February 28th. Let's just say that's the day. If it starts that day, are you really going to hire somebody and say, hey, I need you to be ready on that day, but the negotiations go up to the 27th and you have no idea if it's going to happen? It's just not fair. Right, right. I mean, they have to convince. <laughs> it's already a weird job market as it is. You have to convince people to work for you in your ballpark and not even know if there's I, a game that I'm day. I'm not even surprised by the lockout. We all knew it was coming. Isn't that sad? Everyone pretty much said, oh, there's going to be a lockout. There's going, going to be a lockout. And we're not going to be allowed to do anything. And it happened. Like, there was nothing. There was no avoiding the lockout, right? Like, yeah. It, I mean, they just let it happen. They, what? I don't even. They didn't even really. The two sides, the the MLBPA and the owners, didn't even meet really. Like they got together for I feel like a day, and they're like, okay, never mind. Bye. Like, hey, have you budged on anything? No. no? All right, okay, cool. Neither have we. Yeah, Bye. We See ya. Right. Let's we'll talk on, to you let's in all January. Go on vacation. Yeah, I mean, we found out this week that the two sides don't plan on getting down to like you know the basics in discussions until next year. <sighs> till after the holidays. Well, nobody wants to negotiate over the holidays, right? Right. There's two weeks out the on. window. Come on. I know. Baseball. And there's a lot to hash out, too. I mean, this is... It's just not a good look, especially after what happened last year with COVID and how long it took them to start the... Ba- the how long was it again? I mean, months. 60... But how long was it? 60 the games? The season was 60 games, yeah. yeah. How long it took them to get that going was just... A complete failure and this is just the same old same old the the owners and the pa the player association don't trust each other they never have and they never will um who knows what they want to get done expanded playoffs again the universal dh is a big thing it's just it's just more of the same with baseball it's discouraging because i love baseball baseball is my favorite sport and I haven't really been through a lot of these because probably when the last strike was, I didn't really care that much. 94, 95. So I was two or three years old, so it right. didn't really affect me. <laughs> right. But now it's it's discouraging to see that they just can't, they can't find any common ground until the last minute. And they're like, okay, 
fine. Like it's it seems like the the game barely means anything to anybody. That's kind it's of just it's disappointing. That's kind of how I feel baseball is with a lot of things. I mean, think to the trade deadline. Nobody ever gets a deal done. Like there's a few deals that get done yeah. like a week ahead of the trade deadline yeah. because teams are trying to get extra games out of those players. But Everything think about happens. how many deals get done at, like five seconds before the deadline. Right, right. That's what this is. And the stuff leaks after the deadline's over, so it's but, really not, yeah. So here, so as discouraged as you are about the discussions in the lockout right now, how confident are you that it's going to get done, though? Well, they're, they need to play games. Right. I think they're good. There's no way, and I don't know. They made it through a full season this year. There's no way that they can going into next year have a season that's less than 162 games well and i don't want to be like a mega downer or anything (laughs) but i'm going to okay uh look at what's happening in other sports right now with covid with covid yeah where the nfl just moved two games back a couple days which isn't a huge deal but then the nhl and i know it's canada but play along with me canada uh, canadian teams like the canadians no fans in the stands yesterday yeah other teams in Canada, 50% capacity. We're moving backwards right now, and it's starting to feel more like in, 2020 than it in ever the has. the NBA, there was like over 60 people placed in the COVID protocols. Well, in the NFL, there's in over 100. Day. Yeah. It's just... It, the Browns are on like their six-string quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they'll probably still And I don't have any play. room left on my Browns jersey to put another name. <laughs> and that's another thing that's probably going to delay these negotiations in this lockout is what are the COVID protocols next year? Because now it seems that more people vaccinated or unvaccinated are testing positive for COVID. And like, I I know the NFL has already changed their, their COVID protocols. They're doing, they're going back to some virtual meetings again. They're making uh, vaccinated and unvaccinated tests daily. Uh, I think the NBA is going to be doing something like that, too, where it's no matter what your status is, which kind of is weird because, you know, the whole like, which sucks for the players because that's the whole reason they got vaccinated, not whole reason, but a lot of reason why most of those players probably got vaccinated in the first place because you had to. They told them you had to to play and it's going to cost you if you don't. And now here we are. Vaccinated players are you know they're they're still testing positive which i know it's a thing that was it was never a thing that the covid vaccine was going to stop you from getting covid right but like it's just it's crazy what's going on especially just this week i feel like every tweet i see is so and so's entered the protocols so and so's entered the protocols that could be this baseball person's, yeah, in three in exactly, three months exactly exactly whatever it is and think about baseball too <laughs> the remember remember last year no spitting Oh yeah. Know this. The know that. Rules. Take your rosin bag with you, pitcher. You know, I think we're gonna see that stuff again. Yeah. It's just you know how they sucks. check you know the other thing that was big this year was uh checking the pitchers between innings for sticky yeah, stuff. Uh-huh. I think they should COVID test them between innings. <laughs> you come off A the field. And COVID test? You come off the field, you take your glove off, your hat off, your belt off, your pants off, you take everything off, and then they come and they test you for COVID between Jeez. innings. 
That would be ridiculous. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not saying that this season is going to be COVID ravaged, but I'm just saying I the way not, other be, sports are going right now, it's a possibility. I hope not. I mean, their season doesn't start till next April, so right. hopefully we have things a few are, months. are calmed down by then. But yeah, just the negotiations right now, it doesn't, it never looks, it never looks good for baseball, does it, when this no. stuff happens? It no. didn't look good last year. It looked terrible. We had the players and owners bickering about money. The whole time, because and it wasn't even about COVID safety for most. For twenty twenty one went pretty well though. Twenty 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 was a torture for baseball fans. Yes, because we sat there waiting for like four months for baseball. They played, finally got it, and then it went away just as fast as it. They came. played a hundred less games than they usually. One hundred right. two less games, which there were, screwed with the standings. Right. There and was, everything. there were no fans in the stands. No. The American League playoffs were in California and the in Texas or whatever it yeah. was, and the uh, and then the the National League playoffs were somewhere else. It was, it was stupid. It was weird. It was stupid. It was really weird. Um. So I. I don't think that's going to happen because we know how much baseball was hurt. I still think a lot of teams like the Diamondbacks, who deem themselves small market, air quotes, small market, are still trying to recover from the 2020 COVID season, and money-wise, I mean. And I don't think they can they can afford to sacrifice a big chunk of games again yeah. like they did in 2020. Well, and and and. The Diamondbacks are certainly an example of this, but the 2020 season, with it being so short, trade deadline was only 30 days into the season. Right. 30 games you played, I mean, that's a small sample size, relatively speaking. It was all And it changed sucked. the direction of this organization's future. Because before that 30 games they played, you know, Starling Marte gets added, they go out and make a bunch of moves like Madison Bumgarner, and, and they're trying. You and then 30 Archie games Bradley into the season, they're like, Ray. you know what, we're, yeah. we're dumping this. Yep. Get rid of Chafin, get rid of Bradley, get rid of Ray, get rid of Marte, Marte all of them. And they changed the direction of the organization right then and there. In 30 days. Um, yeah. Speaking of the Diamondbacks, okay. they what, haven't what been they able do? to... They, well, they haven't done much of anything because... Oh, by the way, we're talking about the lockout real quick. Did you see what's been go- what happened with all the team websites? Oh, where they're taking the pictures they, down. They, all the players, their pictures have been taken off the site. Yeah. It's just like silhouettes, like the generic random MLB The Show player... Yeah. Card, it's made up player. It's, it's dumb. What, what is that? It's because of like licensing. Deals. I know. They're it's all just over. So They're all done. Stupid. It's this like is when you stupid, first man. It's like when you first bought the NCAA college football game and the players don't have their names. They just have a position and it'll be like QB number fifteen. And you're like, that's Tim Tebow. Right. Right. <laughs> like, it's we like, all know. It's like when you played the NCAA basketball games, ASU, number thirteen, a left handed right. shooter. I wonder who that was. Like they have his height and weight perfectly right. right. He, they have their freaking hometown yeah. listed. <laughs> we know it's him. We know it's James just put Harden. His name on Jeez. it. Right. Come on. Yeah, it's a little weird. Okay. I, I won't lie to you about what that. What do the D backs do, Steve? Um, What's been going not on? Not a lot, because you can't do anything with players during the lockout you can yeah. you can sign minor league players like players can, to minor yes. league deals apparently um, they don't they don't count no apparently i don't know how that all works out in the deals <laughs> but all mlb i guess they've made some front office decisions uh they've moved a lot of people around a lot of promotions uh, a lot of people that we don't have to like go through name by name but um one big addition is jason mcleod who was named uh, an advisor to mike hazen uh who's obviously controlling the direction of this organization um, I don't know a ton about McLeod, but I do know that he's got quite a history with these guys who are running the Diamondbacks. 
Yeah, I mean, he's worked in baseball operations and coaching for 26 years. It's a long time. Yeah. Um, but he spent most of his recent time, the past, I believe, it was 10 years in the Chicago Cubs organization where he helped that team win a title in 2016. Under Theo Epstein. Under Theo. Joe, Jed Hoyer. Yeah, Joe Madden, the manager. And, right. But, yeah, so he was there. Well, let me see. Let me read the email real quick. Yeah, Senior Vice President of Scouting and Player Development from 2011 to 2019. And then he was Senior Vice President of Player Personnel of 2020 to 2021. And during those during those years, players like Javi Baez, Wilson Contreras, Glaber Torres, they all came up through the Cubs organization. So okay. those are some good names. That's a good resume. Um, so, I mean, and he is also, surprise, surprise, worked with Mike Hazen and Amiel Sade in Boston. In Boston. Well, and Theo <laughs> would have been there Epstein, the yeah, so. it's kind of It's kind of the Theo Epstein coaching it's tree. The tree. Well, yeah. Not coaching, but you know what I mean. Executive tree. Executive tree. Where, yeah, Jed Hoyer was over in, if I remember right, San Diego. San Diego. And I believe... McLeod was McLeod, also there. Yeah. He was an assistant so GM. Yep. he had experience with, with him separately in San Diego. He had experience with all of these guys in Boston. Yeah. Because, I mean, I've told you before, I read the book, uh, gosh, I can't remember the name of it, Homegrown. It's about the Boston Red Sox who won the 2018 World Series. And it, it rewinds all the way. The book starts in 2011 with one of the greatest draft classes of all time, which was the Red Sox draft class, which Amiel Sade was, the, I believe, the director of, uh, of the draft. I don't, I don't know what that title <laughs> is at the time, but he ran the draft. Hazen was there. Epstein was obviously in control of the organization. McLeod was there. So it's that whole group from yeah. those Red Sox days. Pretty darn good resume, yeah. I got to say. And I love this addition to the front office. Yeah, and it's experience. I don't know why why it could be bad in any way. And for this team right now, they need someone who has an eye for young talent because that's yes. the direction of this team right now. Sure. Is all young guys. They uh they are going to have the second pick in the draft this year. Um so that's a big pick there. Uh, especially if a guy like Elijah Green is available at number two. Thank you. I saw I, I saw some rankings, and he was I think it was MLB Pipeline had him as the third I think ML- overall prospect. Yeah. Andrew Jones's son was number one. I can't remember his name, but he was the number one ranked prospect. I hadn't seen much about him. I hadn't either. Before all I have heard about is Elijah Green and how he's the can't miss Mike Trout of the draft. But then we well, always well remember Mike Trout was not drafted number one in that draft. He was right. drafted like eleventh or thirteenth. We'll see how uh, we'll see how those things shake out over but, time because obviously but, there's a lot of time between now and the draft. But yeah, I, I agree with you. This this I really like this move. It's getting more experience. A person that comes from scouting. Yeah. A mostly scouting and player development background, that's good for this team because they have a lot of young guys that they're in their minor league system on their major league roster. A lot of young guys gonna be that are gonna be relied upon this year to 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 eat up a bunch of innings and play a lot of different positions and get a lot of at bats. So and this team and you know it doesn't seem like they're gonna be spending any money anytime soon. Big money anyway, and I don't know about trades and whatnot, but the direction of this team as I see it is very much a youth movement. Yeah, And getting someone like Jason McLeod, whose background is in player development and scouting, is a good move to me. I think it's not a bad idea just to bring a guy in who you trust to... I think you sit him down and you say, hey... Yeah, we want your opinion on players that are out there, maybe through the draft, maybe through, you know, like uh, international free agency, whatever it may be. But also somebody who's kind of an unbiased opinion. 
to evaluate what you already have yeah. in-house. Because, I mean, you and I talked for a couple of years about how much we liked guys like John Duplantier or uh, Anthony Bonda for a time or Aaron Blair. Like those guys who were like can't-miss prospects in right. our mind about the D-backs. They were their top prospects. Jazz Chisholm. We thought he, you know, he's the best prospect, and then you know you find out later like eh, maybe that guy's not all that, yeah. you know, and and some work out, some don't. I get that. Jazz Chisholm's a fine player in Miami sure. right now, yep. but you know that's just we see things on pipeline, we see things on you know Baseball America. Those rankings are are outsiders' opinions on what the Diamondbacks have. The Diamondbacks have their own opinions of who they have in house. Yeah. And maybe it doesn't hurt to get somebody who you trust to come in and kind of do an audit of what you already have in-house. And I like that. I think that could be a really good tool to have for this organization because, you know, most of the people in the front office have been here a while. They've, they've been around. They know these players. I mean, this is really the first year we started to see the fruits of the labor of the early Hazen decisions. Paven Smith, first first pick that Mike Hazen ever made in the draft with the Diamondbacks mm-hmm. was Paven Smith. And now he's in the major leagues. Josh Rojas, one of the first big trades that Hazen made, was the Granky deal. And that's kind of coming to fruition. So it'd be nice to get an outsider's perspective of like, okay, how are we actually doing? Yeah. And what do we need? And then maybe we make some adjustments. Um, we didn't really get the chance to go through some of the big free agent signings before the lockout happened. There was kind of a mad dash to sign a bunch of players to big money deals because they knew they wouldn't be able to. Because they knew they would be locked out. Right. Imagine that. Uh. Um, so what I asked you to do is is pull up a list. Stupid. Pull up a list. We we went through and we predicted where a lot of the big free agents would go, and I just want to you know pat myself on the back and say I got a bunch of them right. <laughs> Could you roll your eyes what? any harder? At Whatever. Me? Um, Whatever. Which one? Do I, I got the Texas one. You got right. Simeon, right? Yeah, That's I got Simeon. Sure. Let's go through some of the big I, ones. I'm going to be honest. I don't remember a lot of the ones yeah, I picked, I but I pretty uh, much picked the Mets and the Rangers for everything, and I, they kind of kind of worked <laughs> yeah, out that way well, yeah. a little bit. Um, Let's go through some of the big ones. Okay, so Texas really made a huge splash. Um, they got both Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager. Corey Seager got a 10-year deal, a 10-year, $325 million deal with no options, no opt-outs in there. So he's going to be a Ranger for a long time, unless they trade him away. But yeah, I was gonna say, do you remember the Alex Rodriguez deal? Yeah. He got a ten year two hundred and fifty two million dollar deal and he was gone in three years. Uh, Marcus Simeon to the Rangers, seven years, hundred and seventy five million dollars. Um so yeah, Texas, they're still I mean, before the lockout happened, they were still rumored for a possible destination for Clayton Kershaw, who's still unsigned. Still possible. Um, yeah, it definitely is. If you're going to um, go all in on those two guys, like I feel like you can't stop there. Yeah, te- so Texas, yeah, seriously. I mean, You th- can't just stop it hitting they and be did, like, nah, we don't need They did pitching. go out and get John Gray, who's a good pitcher, but right. he's not He's not a Kershaw, obviously. Okay. Um, let's see, let's keep going down the list. Javi Baez to the Detroit Tigers. Okay, we knew they were going to go after a big name shortstop, yeah, and there were plenty of them in the be market. Correa, because of the AJ Hinch, I that was one of my predictions. Carlos Correa too, which could still happen, I guess. I guess Javi Baez can play second. So anyway, uh, or you could put Correa at third, <laughs> or that. Maybe. Well, they have Torkelson coming up as a third base. Torkelson and 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 
Actually, I mean, Jamer Miguel Cand- Cabrera is still there, first base. Baby. Candelario led the major leagues in doubles last year. Yeah, so I don't want to discount so, him. So Javi Baez got a six-year, one hundred and forty million dollar with the Tigers. This was a big one. Max Scherzer to the New York Mets. Yeah, that was a that gigantic surprised me a lot. One, a three-year, one hundred and thirty million dollar deal. Well, remember, forty-three point three three million dollars a year. Part of the deal with him getting traded from the. Uh, Nationals. Nationals was that he wanted to be in California. Yeah, it was like the Angels, Dodgers. That was kind of it. Forty three million dollars a year. I guess it changed his mind. Holy cow! Holy crap! I saw something. He's like scheduled right now to make more money next season than like three other major league than teams. Then the Gar- the Guardians, the Rays, probably the Pirates. The Pirates, I'm yeah. sure, are one of them. The Rangers would have been, but not anymore. But uh, my goodness, yeah, he- I'd go to I'd go to New York for that amount of money. <laughs> Why not? Um. Speaking of the Mets, Starling Marte goes to the Mets as well. Um, they got a couple of former D-backs. They did. Starling Marte signed a four-year, $78 million deal. Eduardo Escobar to the Mets, a two-year, $20 million deal. So I feel weird calling Starling Marte a former D-back, though. He was here he for was, like 30 days. He was days. here for 30 days, like you said. 30 yeah. games. I mean, he was here for several months right, during right, the shutdown, right. but... Um, that doesn't really so count. yeah, the Mets, the Mets, and they went out and got Mark Canna, I believe, too. They did. Um, yeah. So they made a few big splashes in free agency. They basically the have a whole new outfield. Yeah, um, which is good. Yep. Robbie Ray to the Seattle Mariners. I think Seattle's going to be really good. Yeah. Soon. I don't know if they're there yet, but I think they're going to be really good. Five years, one hundred and fifteen million dollars for Robbie Ray. The risk with that is that Robbie does this. Twenty seventeen was awesome. Yep. The next three years were not. Yep. Then last year he was awesome. Yeah. And now you're like, so okay, are we going to give 150 million to a guy who's done it twice? It's kind of a kind of a risk to for the Mariners, but they were so close to the playoffs last year. Yeah. That I feel like they needed to make a, a splash like that. Robbie Ray is 30 years old too, so he'll be 35 after this deal is over. Um, Kevin Gosman leaves the Giants and goes to the Toronto Blue Jays. On a five-year, one hundred and ten million dollar deal, I love. Okay, I love that deal for Gosman, by the way, because um, he was kind of floundering in Baltimore, and then started to kind of figure things out. Yeah, and if I remember right, he took a, a qualifying offer in San Francisco. Like he accepted a one-year qualifying. It was like whatever. I think you're nine, right. Eighteen, nineteen million dollars, yeah. whatever it was, and that's a lot of money for one season, but. In an era where money like this is getting thrown around, he decided, I'm going to bet on myself for yeah. a year. And I think it totally paid off for him. Uh, we already talked about Eduardo Rodriguez. That was early on to Detroit. Detroit, yeah. Uh, Marcus Stroman goes to the Chicago Cubs. Three years, $71 million. My wanted D-back signing, Chris Taylor, went back to the Dodgers, so that sucks. Well, and after you lose Corey Seager. Yeah, you had to keep somebody. You might lose Kershaw. You might lose. Where does Kenley Chris Jansen. Taylor fit in now? Turner probably slides to shortstop. I'm talking about Trey Turner. Turn slides over to short. I would think that Chris Taylor's your everyday second baseman. That's what I was thinking. Uh, well, every day right? maybe not because he can play so many positions. Um, but but primary second. Yeah, base. Yeah, I would think so. Um, I don't think Gavin Lux is there yet. Bellinger's so good in center field, you just keep him there. And probably. Mookie's your right fielder, and AJ Pollock's going to be your left fielder because he had a really good season in twenty twenty. Justin Turner at third. I think yeah. he's still under contract. Right? Yeah, he is. Okay. And then yeah, I would I would think that I would think that um, Taylor is their 
primary second baseman. So, okay. Um, How much did he get? He got four years, sixty million, so fifteen million dollars a year. That's about what we thought. Yeah. We thought it was going to be fifteen to twenty yeah. a year. Uh, a surprise to me, anyway. Uh, closer Rysel Iglesias goes back to the Angels on a four-year, fifty-eight million dollar deal. Okay, but that's what the Angels need. The Angels they need, need pitching. They need starting pitching. Well, yeah, that's which true. they did get sort of in Noah Syndergaard. He signed a one-year deal, one-year twenty-one million dollar deal, I guess. Uh, that's a potential play. Y- yeah, but he's so injury prone. Yeah. Uh, John Gray, like I mentioned earlier, went to Texas, uh, four-year, fifty-six million dollar deal. Avisel Garcia, I know you love him. I do. Went to the Marlins, four-year, fifty-three million dollars. That made so much sense, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Justin Verlander goes back to the Astros, which was kind of surprised me. Uh, he got a two-year, $50 million deal, but I believe he has an option in there somewhere. I think it's after the first year. <laughs> there was a kind of some drama with this one. It's not a huge name, but Steven Matz went, from, went to the St. Louis Cardinals and... Mets owner Steve Cohen got on Twitter and basically called him out. Like I guess there was a, I don't know, I don't know if you'd call it an agreement, but some kind of verbal. They thought they had him. Verbal commitment. I don't yeah. know that he was going to sign back with the Mets, and he well, didn't. Well, you hear all the time in sports like that a team should get the opportunity to match. Yeah, because you've been there a while. It's like yeah. it's it's not like taking a hometown discount, but it's like hey, I, you know, out of respect to you guys, right. we'll give you the chance to match. And he didn't do that. He right. just left for. Just looking down the list, that's kind of it for the big names. Um, the Diamondbacks did make a move. They let's ha- talk about it. Let's do it. They signed thirty, soon to be thirty-seven year old closer Mark Melanson to a two-year, fourteen million dollar deal. And yeah, he's old. He led the league. He led the MLB. MLB, not just the National League. He was with the Padres last year. He led MLB in saves last year. Yeah. So I mean, he still can do it on a team that was kind of weird by the way yeah a team that really the Padres really and fizzled out at the nobody, end nobody I, I don't think anybody predicted he was going to be the closer in San Diego last year I think everyone thought it was going to be Emilio Pagan yeah or Drew Pomeranz or Drew Pomeranz who had proven it too yeah I mean he was kind of like third string for the closer role and then they at the beginning of the season credit to the Padres they knew the right guy they they picked the right guy in yeah. Melanson uh can I tell you, honestly, I was pretty torn when I saw the signing because on the one hand, I'm excited because I know Mark Melanson is a good pitcher. He's a very good player. Right. I love that addition for the Diamondbacks. I think he'll be one of the best relief pitcher additions that Mike Hazen has made because typically he goes with older guys who mm-hmm. have closing experience but aren't necessarily considered a closer and maybe they've got something on their ledger recently, an injury yeah. or some reason they haven't played recently. And Mark Melanson actually has the talent and the numbers to back it up, but the money is interesting. Yeah, $14 million, $7 million a year. I kind of thought $14 million was kind of all that they might spend this offseason. <laughs> In total? In to- yeah. and, and it is right now, thanks to the lockout, um, but... I mean, I don't know how much more they can do now. This this signing, like like you said, it is the prototypical, in some ways, Mike Hazen relief pitcher signing. I mean, he's 36 years old. He's going to be 37, I believe, next during the season or before the season starts next year. But this this is legitimately... Because the other guys that Hazen has signed, Fernando Rodney... Boxberger. Boxberger. Greg Holland, Joaquin Soria, Tyler Clippert, they've all were just 
okay like the year before and yeah. Fernando Rodney I don't know what I, I can't remember what he did the year before he he had been really good Fernando Rodney for a couple of years yeah, but he was already like 40 when Correct. he came to the Diamondbacks Mark Melanson like I said he led Major League Baseball last year I believe he had 39 saves last year what was his ERA in the twos yeah I'm going through it right now here we go 39 saves last year uh, in 64 innings pitched uh, where's his ERA? A 2.23 ERA with a 1.22 whip. That's pretty dang good. Yeah, it's really good. Um, 1.22, 1.22. So the whip is the whip is kind of average, in my opinion. Yeah, it's it's not bad. It's pretty good. It's way better than whatever they have. But um, the ERA is fantastic. The experience closing games for a real contending, I say contending, they, they didn't really do anything, but for a real team in the Padres last season. Yeah, it's it's great. It's a great addition. I can't undersell it. But at the same time, uh, a $7 million a year relief pitcher is typically a thing I would expect to see from a contending team. The Diamondbacks yeah. are not that. It's a, I'm it's not a, saying it's a bad move or that no, it doesn't fit. It's a, it's a curious move. Right. For, well, I know why Mark Melanson would come here. He's getting paid $14 million. He got the money he wanted. He got the money. That a 37-year-old yeah. doesn't get $14 million a lot. And But, yeah, it's 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 odd that a team that finished with tied for the worst record in, major le- in the majors last year goes out and spends $14 million on a closer. Right. That isn't young. And He's I, an older guy. Seven million. Uh, let's just deal with the numbers for this season. Like in one year, they add seven million dollars. They haven't really lost anybody in free agency, I guess. So they don't. It hasn't affected the numbers dramatically. I, it, it, I love the addition. I think he's going to be great. I think he's going to be one of the best relievers that Mike Hazen's added. He's also. I, it just does. It, it strikes me as weird. He like, could, why did he come here? He could also be because... No I mean, contending team would have paid him $7 million a year? Yeah. And I I mean, I don't expect the, this team to be competitive next year. I don't either. So he could be a trade ship, too. Sure. So, but you don't sign but a you guy don't to But you don't sign a guy him. to trade... Yeah, you don't. I know. I don't but think. it could work out that way. Uh, yeah, you could have that in the back of your mind. Like, oh, I mean, I think even last year when they picked up Joaquin Soria, we all liked that deal. Soria was a legit closer in Major League Baseball for a long time. And he was even good recently with, like, Oakland. And we all looked at that and thought, wow, finally, we got a real guy who can really close games, is actually good at pitching. Yeah, he's a little old, but he's good. And they got him for, what, $4 million or whatever it was? Yeah. It was a a pretty good deal. I kind of thought they would do something like that, where they would sign, like, multiple guys like that who are about three or four million a year. And when they bumped it up to seven, I'm not shocked. I'm not stunned. It's not the end of the world. It was just, it surprised me a little bit, because I thought that was kind of the total they were going to go I'm kind of looking at the relievers that have signed to and just their annual what they're making annually i mean Corey canable got a got 10 million dollars for one year from the phillies yimmy garcia got five and a half Corey canable might deal. start by the way what it'd be an he's, opener he's capable of starting i guess whereas i would not start melanson uh no uh kirby yates who won't even be healthy this year for no. the majority got a got a uh two year eight point two five million dollar deal from the Braves. Well and he was the one who was linked to the Diamondbacks. Reportedly yeah, Ken, they were Ken interested. Ken Rosenthal tweeted that out that they were interested. He got what? 
Remind he, me. He got, uh, where did he go? Kirby. Two years, $8.25 million, so 4.125 To hold him over for next year. Basically, because he's coming off of a Tommy John surgery. I mean, maybe you get him at the end of this coming season. Daniel Hudson got a one-year $7 million deal from the Dodgers. Okay. Um, I liked that. I, I think we even talked about that. I would have liked Daniel Hudson coming back to the Diamondbacks. Uh, let's see who else is the... Is a so it feels like seven million yeah, is kind it, of the it, the going price for basically an older, like six to ten million for a good but yeah, older reliever. Yeah, I don't know. It's it was I was curious. I'm like, really? I, I mean, they're I, not a role as Chapman. They're not getting fifteen million a yeah, year or whatever. When I saw that they signed, I'm like, okay. I was like, I liked it. Obviously, do you remember what Rysel Iglesias got? Rysel Iglesias, like a younger in his prime. He got four years, fifty-eight million dollars. He's making fourteen and a half million dollars yeah. a year. That's closer, closer he, money, he prime is, closer. He's money. thirty-one years old. He's almost thirty-two. Okay, so like he's not young, but he's not, but he's prime. He's yeah, in his prime. He's in his prime. You're yeah, paying you're for right. his prime. Yep. Whereas Melanson, you're paying for past his prime. And we but have, hope it's still really. And we good. haven't seen what Kenley Jansen's going to get yet because he's still a free agent. So right. I, I don't. <laughs> I mean. It's I, a good move. It's yeah, just a weird move. It's I. To- I didn't expect him to want to be here. Totally on board with with Mark Melanson being a Diamondback, yes. and maybe this is a play for. I mean, he's going to be <laughs> if you're if you're playing for 2023. I mean, he's going to be 39 going into that season. He's going to be almost 40 years old. Um, so I don't know if that's what the play is, or if they are really actually once this lockout's over, are they going to really get on the horse here and try to make some moves. By the way, I forgot to mention Carlos Correa is still unsigned, so he's still the biggest guy. Where's, he, where's he going? I don't know. Well, you're supposed to guess. Well, I, my guess was Detroit, but now Baez is yeah, there. that's out. I'm going to guess Texas. That's <laughs> probably out at this well, point. <laughs> I'm just going to play it safe and say he winds back up in Houston. Okay. Um. I mean, if they went that really, in on Verlander... I really don't know where else he would go. I mean, I guess he could go anywhere because he's well, so good. But... I feel like the one that gets talked about the most is the Yankees. Yeah. But every shortstop that's ever hit the market in the last 30 years has been rumored to the Yankees. Trevor Story still is a free agent. I wouldn't be surprised if he's a Yankee. Yeah, I could see that one too. He's probably a little more well-rounded. Well, no, they're, they're similar style of players. I think Story... He's got more pop, I feel like, but yeah. But Correa is a great fielder. He just doesn't have a lot of speed and range. Like he, Correa feels to me the way that A Rod did back in the day. Like you kind of knew he was going to move to third eventually. Yeah, it's like a, it's like Cal Ripken, A Rod, <laughs> Correa, and I'm not trying to put him on a pedestal I like them. Put, They're I obviously all time greats. I would put Corey Seager in that category too. Okay, can we talk about that for a second? So you mentioned Seager goes to Texas with Simeon Seager, yeah. Seager and Simeon, yeah. That's hard to keep track of. <laughs> Similar words. Um, what I find interesting about that is I don't see either one of them as a shortstop long term. Simeon has played shortstop and played it pretty well in Oakland. Yeah. But then he moves to second base in Toronto. It, by far and away the best second baseman in baseball last year, I think. Over 40 home runs and your plus defender at second base. Yeah, awesome. Texas paid him to play second base. Corey Seager got... The Earth, the Moon, and the Stars in right. his contract. He's right. playing short. You would think they ain't paying him that to play the second tech, base or third. The base. Rangers have the luxury of having a guy like Isaiah Kiner Falefa, who can play multiple positions, including catcher. And he won a Gold Glove at third last year. Well, or, and if you get last year or two years ago, I can't yeah, remember. two years ago, I think. If you get 
three years, four years into this contract, and Seager just can't play shortstop. Right. Maybe if you still have Kiner at that point, you just also, flip him. Also, don't and he forget, becomes a third baseman. Don't forget Corey Seager had Tommy John surgery, so on his throwing. Ooh. Arm on his throwing elbow, I should say that could impact things. I mean, not re- that was like two years ago. But or is still. it weird if at some point you flip flop him and Simeon, Make and Simeon Seager's... becomes the shortstop? I don't and know. Seager's the second baseman. Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure. It's weird. Um, just looking still at the available players, we mentioned Carlos Correa still available. Uh, Clayton Kershaw still available. Chris Bryant still available. Freddie Freeman still available. There's been some drama there with Atlanta. They not they don't want to go to a sixth year or something, and he wants a six year deal. I'm telling you, dude. I would do it, but I'm telling you, this me. is what's going to happen because I think the I think the biggest threat to the Braves there is New York, the Yankees, and I think the Yankees want a first baseman. I think they're done with Luke Voigt. It was fun while it lasted. It was a quick fling. It was a summer fling that I they don't had with Luke think Voigt. Anthony Rizzo is going to be back. No, I think uh, I think they trade for Matt Olson. That would be big. The Oakland A's still have yet to do the big fire sale that we're expecting that, them that, to do. Yeah, Matt, the Matt Chapman, Matt. They're Olsen. letting guys. They're letting guys walk like Mark Canna. They let him walk. I think Matt Olson. I think Matt Chapman at some point might get traded. Ramon Laureano's still there. He yeah. might. I could see all these yeah. guys getting moved, and I could see Matt Olson getting traded to New York, and then that basically forces the Braves to pay up to Freddie Freeman, which isn't a bad thing. They just won the World Series. The Braves should give Freddie Freeman what he what he wants. Yeah, I think giving him the extra yeah, year isn't the I end s- of the world. Maybe you bring the price down a little bit. Yeah, if you're Freddie, to get the extra year, uh, you're old. Ken- <laughs> yeah, he's 32 years old. So, Kenley Jansen still available. Nick Castellanos is an intriguing name. Love him. Um, not a good fielder though. Yeah, Trevor Story still out there. Kyle Seager. Is there an AL team that Castellanos could end up on? I mean, realistically, he could end up on any of them. But, like, and I know we could be getting the DH universally in the NL, but you don't know that yet. Imagine how that impacts the market, by the way. How scary would he be with Toronto? I could see it. But they just lost Simeon. Yeah. I don't know how that impacts their infield. Yeah, I don't know either. I don't know who plays uh, other I mean, obviously, you've got Biggio, who can kind of play all over the infield. might. And you still have Bichette, and you still have Guerrero. So I know they have players, but it, it's not like they're empty. Pretty much, I think Guerrero's their everyday first baseman now. I don't think they're going to experiment. Have with the Blue him Jays made big additions? They got they got Kevin Gosman, Gosman to replace yeah. Ray. That's right. Um, okay. So they haven't replaced Semyon, and I don't know that they will. I don't know. Well, well, you could go get a guy like Trevor Story and make him play second base. I guess it kind of seems like or make Boba paying a guy play. too much. Yeah. <laughs> I see Boba Shad as the long-term shortstop there. Yeah. I think he's good at it, too. I mean, Story's probably better at the position, but I don't know who plays second base in this free agent crop. You're not going to play Chris Bryant at second base. <laughs> Although he plays every other position, yeah. it feels like. Where's right. he going to go? I don't know, man. There's been I've seen nothing about him at all. Well, I've seen the you know the common rumor is that he's going to pair up with his buddy Bryce Harper in Philadelphia, in which is possible, I guess. Anything's possible, but... I don't. I don't know. I don't know where he ends up. Uh, I do think the only thing left for the Diamondbacks. I mean, they're going to have to. The Diamondbacks are going to have to throw more money at the bullpen. That's just inevitable. Um, I'll throw out a name that I think the Diamondbacks can end up with. Okay, Jonathan VR. Okay, 
He's not a great player anymore. <laughs> he was super fast. Remember when he was super fast and he stole yeah. like 50 bases in a season? Yeah. He's not that guy anymore, but he could still maybe steal you like 15 and to 20. he plays multiple positions, and plays, we love that. Plays here. third base. Yeah, he stick can, him at third, yeah, base. Play third base. It's not a great solution, but I mean, they li- the Diamondbacks don't don't have a third baseman. Switch they hitter, don't have one. Switch hitter, yeah, which adds some value, I guess. Can play the position. They don't have anybody who plays third right now. Nope, nobody. So, anyway, all right, write it down. We're not. Jonathan I'm VR. writing it down right now. It's in my head. <laughs> um, we're not going to have anything else to talk about until this lockout ends, know, this unless they come up with something to talk about, this something worthy. Sucks. But we apologize that we haven't done much, but there hasn't been much to talk about. So I don't know what you people want from us. So lay off. And I went on vacation. Leave me alone. <laughs> you deserved it. Leave me alone. All right. Maybe we'll go on another vacation, and we'll see you guys well, in that'd 2022. Be, that'd maybe. be fun. Yeah. Well, not you and me together. Oh, why not? <laughs> well, I guess we could. Is this an invite? This is perfect. I just got invited on vacation. Hey, thanks so much for checking out the podcast today. Uh, as we went through some of the free agents that are available, Diamondbacks making some moves but as we mentioned there's not much you can do during the lockout and we'll keep you up to date on all things going on with the uh, lockout discussions as those evolve i'm steve zinsmeister that's cody fincher thank you so much for checking out the ain't no thing podcast here at arizonasports.com and on the arizona sports app 